Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. It's episode 205 and we are preparing for another 18 months of uh, full-time travel. So that's what we thought we'd talk about today, preparing for long-term travel. Yeah, I mean, preparing for a big trip, I guess, is a really long process. It starts with the dreaming and ends once you get on the plane, but... Gosh, there's a heck of a lot more that goes on in the middle. There sure is. I mean, we're leaving tomorrow, so we've got approximately 24 hours before we get onto that plane. And uh, yeah, we're still in kind of crazy mode. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're in a half-packed-down room with uh, piles of clothing and bags and washing hanging out to dry and things like that all around us. And it's all got to fit into two carry-on size bags. I'd like to point out that most of the stuff that's piled up is Craig's because I am quite organised and my bags are mostly <laughs> packed. So, yeah, just just thought I'd say that. Yeah, yeah you just want to you. point that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So much better organised than you are. Great, thanks. <laughs> uh, this week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash Audiobook. There's over 75,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on your iPod, your iPhone, or any MP3 player. You can also check out our range of books at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books, or use IndieTravelPodcast.com slash insurance slash hotels slash flights and slash tours when you're booking your travel online. Well, we're going to break things up into four sections. Things to do, things to get, things to get rid of. And things to organize. So let's begin with the uh, things to do. So we're imagining you're about two to three weeks out from your big trip. What do you need to do to uh, before you go? Um, hopefully there's, by this point, you've already been to the travel agent and got your tickets and all that. And you've been to the travel doctors and got your vaccinations. If you haven't done that, now is definitely the time. We left it late once and it was very, very annoying. Although the one time we did leave it too late, we got the injection. We needed a backup. We didn't get the backup, the second dose, and it turned out the first dose was like invalid anyway, so it's kind of completely pointless. <laughs> yeah. However, that was our story. In your case, you should still go. Even if you're leaving it a bit late, there are still some vaccinations you can get on the spot, and that will cover you for some things, if not all. That's right. Um, always before we're about to leave, I run around all the optometrists, the specialists, doctors, everything like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get a mole map done because skin cancer is so prevalent down here in New Zealand. We try and do that every few years. And uh, also things, yeah, like new contact lenses, get a fresh prescription, make sure the glasses prescription isn't going to expire because Linda and I are both pretty blind. I am very blind. Um, We also go to the dentist. I went to the dentist and, you know, got a a check-up, got a clean, um, got some new paste to put on my teeth. Very exciting. But, um, yeah, I th- think just getting a, a good, doing the round of the doctors is really a good idea because then you can travel and know that you're healthy and it's less likely that something will come up. Hey, another thing to check a few weeks out from your trip is the validity of your passport. Oh, yeah. Strange but true. <laughs> just double check it. Um, a lot of passports now are only five years and that's really rubbish yeah Uh, especially because most countries won't allow you in if you've got less than six months validity on your passport it's really annoying so uh yeah definitely time to check that out and if it is going to be expiring while you're overseas 
plan your trip around being somewhere convenient to uh, get your passport renewed. Yeah, most of the time you can get it sent to anywhere in the world, but you need to be stopped for a couple of weeks to make sure that you can receive it. Um, when our friend Ange lost her passport, it was stolen actually. It was really, really difficult to get a new one because we had to leave the city within a couple of weeks. And the, it wasn't that we couldn't get it sent, but we weren't, we weren't sure that it was going to arrive before we had to leave. So it was just really annoying. So make sure that if you are going to run out of validity on your passport, that you are going to be stopped for a while in order to get it. Yeah, and uh, do a last-minute check of visas. Oh, yeah, we've had that uh, Yeah, definitely. And this is something that I was looking at this time. I was like, cool, most of the countries that we're going to in South America we've been to before, so I don't really think about it. And then um, someone mentioned to me getting a visa for Brazil. Because we weren't going to go to Brazil. You need a visa for Brazil? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. That's right. And last time we went to Brazil, it was just for the one day. So we had a a special, we just had to pay extra money as we entered. But we got an instant visa at the border. And we're still not sure. We need to check into that. I think we can do that again. I've I've asked the Google. And And what has the Google said? It's given me a rather confusing and misleading series of conflicting advice, which is pretty typical when it comes to visas. So uh, yeah. I'm going to drop a line to the uh, Brazilian consulate here in New Zealand and see what we can figure out. Yeah, so there's quite a few things to do before you, you go. Run around, go to the doctors, and uh, yeah, check passports and visas and things like that. And make sure your tickets, check your tickets as well, uh, that you've got the right date. I've heard about people who were sure they were leaving on a certain day, and then they checked a couple of days before and they realised that actually they were leaving the day before or the day after what they imagined. So to just check that. <laughs> yeah, we've, we haven't been a day off, but we have, uh, have been off in terms of time, sometimes mm-hmm. by several hours. Yeah. So after you've done, done some things, there are certain things that you need to get. Uh, head to the pharmacy to pick up the drugs you, you need, maybe that the doctor prescribed or get the contact lenses. We always buy our contact lenses online, so going to the optometrist earlier makes it easier to buy them online because you need a couple of weeks for them to arrive Mm. and we also uh look through our first aid kit and top that up and uh we try and push whatever like shampoo and shaving gel and things like that that we've got and we move it into small containers we've got a series of kind of 50 to 75 mil containers that we carry around with us and whatever's left goes in there so we really stuffed it up this time we started running out of stuff about a week ago so i've had to buy like new shaving gel so i could shave all week and new shampoo and new moisturizer and things like that shampoo Shampoo has worked out perfectly we've got about half one of the little bottles so (laughs) i don't know 60 mils okay i thought we were out (laughs) no no but yeah um so we start we start packing down you know a week or so beforehand and throwing out the the old stuff or the stuff that we're not going to be able to carry with us uh, so it's a bad time to be running out it really is oh well it's okay and um yeah so getting travel size bottles of toiletries can be really really useful i was excited because i went to the optometrist recently and they sold travel size contact lens solution up never before never before because <laughs> all of the small ones seem to be either 60 mils which is a really annoying size it's only like four or five uses or 120 mils which is even more annoying because you can't carry 120 mils on carry-on size, but this this optometrist had 100 mil 
bottles. Yeah. I was so excited, I almost jumped up and down in the store. It's only taken the companies, what, four years, five years since the changeovers yeah. to start producing and marketing things at 100 Everyone mils? else, everything else, like shampoo, conditioner, moisturizer, toothpaste, everything else is doing 100 mils. But no, Contact Lens Solution is seriously behind <laughs> the times. There we go, they've caught up now. So there's certain things that you need to get. Oh, one other thing that you need to get is travel insurance. Uh-huh. Have we got travel insurance yet, darling? No. We need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there are a couple of things that you can get online, but definitely worth doing. And also looking into booking your accommodation for the first couple of nights or um, maybe getting on couch surfing to to organize somewhere to stay when you first arrive. Those are other things that you can do before you go. Yeah, especially if you're doing a long flight into a new place. I always like to have... Those first couple of nights just lined up yeah. in advance. After that, it doesn't matter so much. No, but you can organize it. At, at least those first couple of nights. So no matter how stressed or how tired you are, you actually know where you're going. I think if I'm flying, I definitely like to have that. If I'm arriving by train in the morning, it's not such a big deal. Yeah. Other things you might need to get is just have a look at your clothes situation. Do you have the right T-shirts and the right trousers and all of that kind of thing? I mean, we've had to stock up on a few things. I needed some new socks and some new undies. Um because, you know, it's nice to have some new things. We quite often travel with old things and then throw them away and then just buy replacements when they, when they need to be replaced. But I think it's quite good to, to set up with what you need from the beginning. Yeah, we went out shopping today. Craig tried to buy some new trousers, but it was a complete utter failure. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, shopping is not something I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's but the shops that aren't good no, at it. No, normally I find something that's good enough and just buy it because I don't really care that much. Yeah. But um, I couldn't even find something good enough today, so that was a bit frustrating. Yeah, There are always going to be other things to get, though, so it's always worth making a list of the things you need to get. Just um, start making the list maybe a month or so out, and then one or two weeks before you go, just go, do one shopping trip, get it all, bring it home, <laughs> and put it in your bag. Yeah, and cross as many things off the shopping list because they're not actually essential as you can. Yeah, and that sure. way you'll pack lighter. Yeah. Hey, there's uh, lots of things to get rid of as well. Oh, yeah. And that's uh, part of our problem. We've got one cupboard of storage space here in Auckland. And it's already so, half full. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we only took, emptied about a third of it out this time. So we've been ferrying things back to our cupboard and uh, still got a few paintings and, and extra clothing and things like that to go. So, I mean, the ways to get rid of stuff, obviously, you can store it if you have a, a friend or relative with some spare cupboard space like we do, or pay for some midterm or, or long-term storage. Uh, you can also donate things, take them down to the local charity shop or, uh, or church shop. You can bin things. We try and reuse and recycle wherever we can, so I'm not a big fan of just chucking stuff out, but, you know, sometimes well, it just has to go... Well, I've been sorting through my things, and some things are being stored. They're being taken over to my mom. Some things are being given away. Uh, some things are being sold, like we sold our exercise yesterday. But a lot of my clothes have have holes in them, and they've kind of reached the end of their life, and I haven't thrown them away because it doesn't do any harm for them to be sitting in a drawer. And they're not good enough to go to the charity shop. They're kind of, you know, under layers. I didn't really mind having them because it's been winter, and no one's going to see them anyway. But now it's time, you know, I've been sorting through them going, okay, this is going to my mum's, this is going with me, and this one's going in the bin. And it's been quite a good system. Hmm. Fair enough. Well, um, and then you pack your bag, and you see if everything will fit in it, and then you start getting rid of more stuff. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's how we break it down, basically. Will it fit in the pack? No. Okay. What's going to go? Yeah. I think if it's your first long-term trip, this 
process is going to be a lot harder because you have more stuff. I remember the first time we went away, we had a whole house worth of stuff. And one thing we did was about six months before we left was we, we moved into a smaller place, which meant we had to get rid of all the big furniture things. But um, hopefully you've done a lot of that already. If not, uh, you should really be considering it right now. <laughs> and now we come to uh, the final section, the things to organize. Yes, there's all sorts of things to organize. You need to spend a bit of time on banking, get your travel money, get your ATM cards sorted out, cancel APs, and rearranging funds. That's yeah. always a fun activity. <laughs> That's... Uh... Yeah, well, luckily this time we don't have so many funds to organize, so <laughs> it's a lot it's simpler. Luckily, is it? <laughs> Yay. But yeah, definitely tell your, your bank manager or uh, contact your bank and tell them that you're going to be overseas because they're going to start seeing transactions pop up around the world and they're going to freeze your cards. Yeah, and that's not fun. It has happened to us several times. Yeah. Unpleasant. I raise phone calls from the other side of the world. Expensive <laughs> and annoying. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, make sure they're not going to freeze your cards by letting them know which countries you're going to be in and when you plan to be there. Um, definitely do look at exchanging some currency. It's always good to have at least uh, about 100 US dollars worth before you arrive. Yeah, just, just enough yeah. for the first night's accommodation and getting from the airport to the hostel. That's definitely worth having. Yeah, so even if you've got what looks like a really bad exchange rate at home, it's worth getting that much. It's, you know... If you need a taxi to the hotel, um, in case you arrive late at night and the ATMs aren't working, oh, some airports don't have ATMs. Um, so, yeah, it's good just to have a little bit of cash lined up in the local currency. Definitely. Uh, cancel all your automatic payments or make sure you've got enough money sitting in the bank to, uh, to cover any APs you've got going out. Uh, if you've got, you know, commitments to various things, you don't want them to be kind of tripping over while you're away because it's a pain just managing them and, right. and getting them all sorted out while you're away. We think the easiest way to deal with it is to have another account for money that's staying at home. So you've got enough money in there to pay all of the automatic payments that are going to be coming out while you're away. And you can't actually access that from your FBOS card while you're away. Because if you take out too much money when you're away and then there's not enough in there for the AP, it just gets really, really difficult to deal with. So keeping it separate... As long, I mean, you should be able to transfer money from one account to the other online. But just keeping it separate from the account that you're withdrawing money from, definitely worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, if possible, cancel them all. But, oh, yeah. But, you know, there's, there's, oh, there's, normally, there's normally stuff you can't, can't get rid of. Um, and, yeah, the other major thing to organize, I think, is uh, a party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely organize yourself a good going away party or delegate that to friends. We, we did this. We had a party, but we left it really, really late. It was still a really good party, but not that many people could come because, you know, we organized it a week in advance. Last year was much better because we had it in the bar and we organized it like a month, two months in advance. And, you know, everyone could just drop by after work and it worked really well. Yeah, so it's, it's a good thing to organize. Definitely. Smooth. So partied up, organized, packed get rid of everything else and you're ready to rock and roll so uh that's what we're going to do in uh less than 24 hours from recording this we're going to be at the airport boarding our plane and flying out to buenos aires should be good yeah it's been pretty good so far i mean things have gone gone pretty smoothly we've had lots of goodbyes and we've had lots of things to do but it's it's good and we're starting to really look forward to our trip I get the feeling that just like any time you're organizing to go away, there's things that we've actually forgotten 
to do and forgotten to include in this podcast. Yes. So if you've recently... Uh, kind of got yourself sorted to travel long term uh, for the first time or the second time or the third time, then uh, do drop by the show notes at IndieTravelPodcast.com and leave a comment and we can add it to the little uh, checklist that we've got building up there. Yeah, because there are definitely a lot of things to do. And yeah, we've certainly forgotten things. We'll certainly remember when those plane doors shut. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, "Oh, no, we didn't. Ah. (laughs) But you know what? It doesn't matter because 98% of things that you need to do can be done while you're away. Yeah. If you've forgotten to buy something, you can probably buy it when you're away. If you've forgotten to rearrange funds. Yeah, exactly. So it means a different adventure, right? (laughs) I remember once the plane doors shut and we realized that we (gasps) hadn't. We hadn't gone to the other uh, tax refund place to get a tax refund on a uh, laptop we bought. While we were and away, like, we're coming home. Yeah, and so it was, I think it was about $300 just disappeared as that plane door shut and we realized we hadn't gone there. I said a not was, very nice word. You loudly. did. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, I don't think, well, the entire cabin was definitely aware of it. I don't know how many of them were impressed. <laughs> I'm still unimpressed about that. I do think we could have used that money. More wisely? <laughs> yes. What, throwing it down the drain? It's not the most wise use of money, I don't think. <laughs> well, anyway. Don't forget that today's show was brought to you by Audible. Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. I've just finished a massive read. It's taken me basically the entire time we've been back in New Zealand, but I've managed to get through the entire Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan. That is seriously impressive. It's about 14 books at about 40 hours a book, so it was massive. Um, I've got another epic fantasy series lined up, uh, Pillars of the Earth by Ken Follett, but first I'm going to listen to some non-fiction and listen to The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. So that'll be me on the plane tomorrow night. Awesome. I haven't been listening to many audiobooks at all, but I'm going to get back onto it because I really like listening to audiobooks when we're traveling. Not so much when we're at home. I find I just fall asleep. No, actually, you fall asleep. I don't fall asleep. I lie there going, ooh, ooh, what's going to happen next? Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I can't sleep. I I managed to listen to about 20, 30 minutes, and then I just fall asleep. And I'll wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and going, what's that noise? Oh, that's my headphones. (laughs) Right. It's quite hilarious. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I like it for trains and buses, but not so much for in bed. To download your free audiobook today, go to IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Audible or slash Audiobook, as you wish. Well, the Indie Travel Podcast community continues to grow, and it's getting busier and busier and more and more fun every day. So do come and say hi. Uh, we'd like to welcome Angela Lees, who's our old friend and the designer of almost everything Indie Travel Podcast to the community. I basically say if it looks ugly, it's my fault. If it looks good, it's it's Angie's. Um, Angie's going to be working as a kind of a community manager there, keeping the spam down and keeping the conversations going on site. So go and say hi to her. Her username is Angela L. So you can search for her and send her a friend request on the Indie Travel Podcast community. There's a new feature on the site. You can now add maps to your account, show people where you are, plan trips and routes, or show off previous trips by plotting your route. It's very, very, very cool. Yeah, I was having a lot of fun with it the other day. Uh, The forums are busy. We're looking for advice for a solo woman traveler in India. Uh, We are looking for people to meet in Buenos Aires. People are after camera advice, uh, SIM card and data rates and things like that for Scandinavia and Argentina, and heaps more. 
If you have travel questions or something to add, get your free account at indietravelpodcast.com slash community, then visit the forums. Well, that's us for this week. But before we go, we're going to leave you with an update from our friends on the Mongol Rally. Uh, you can follow them via the socialmediasyndicate.com or by searching for Mongol SMS on uh, Twitter. That's, that's the hashtag, hashtag Mongol SMS. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well. Well, I'm speaking with the social media syndicate, which is Dave and Deb, Sherry and Rick, who are currently in the middle of the Mongol rally. Guys, g'day. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, tell us, where are you now? We're in Prague, Czech Republic. I keep wanting to say Czechoslovakia, but we're in the Czech Republic in Prague. We're moving on today to... Towards Budapest. Oh, excellent, excellent. And um, where have you come from in the last few days? What have you been up to? Well, we've been, uh, we started, we did the great kickoff party at uh, at Goodwood, which was pretty amazing. Uh, The Festival of Slow, which was a lot of fun, got to actually do our lap around the Goodwood racetrack, a great way to kick it off. And then from there, we we headed into Brussels and uh, spent a night there with uh, some friends of ours, actually Cheeseweb, which were nice enough to pay for our our Euro Tunnel Pass. So we got to spend a night uh, night with them and check out uh, the square in Brussels and such a beautiful city. And then from there, we headed on to Germany and visited with another one of uh, our friends at Travel Dudes, Melbourne of Travel Dudes there and had a wonderful night there. We've just come across some amazing hospitality uh, from everybody that we've stayed with. And then from there, we, uh, we made our way to the uh, checkout party, which was pretty awesome at Klonova Castle, just inside the, the Czech border here, and then made our way up to Prague. So that's kind of our progress so far. It's been a whirlwind tour. It has. Yes. I bet, I bet. And uh, I know it was, was it your first time in Germany, Sherry? Uh, yes, it was my first time and I believe Rick's first yeah, time. Yeah, other than uh, airport layover, this was my first time. <laughs> so it, it wasn't much longer than an airport layover then. How do you handle those autobahns? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> the first day I've ever driven, uh, or I drove the car, so it's a left-hand shift, you know, everything's a little opposite for us. And uh, the first time I ever drove in a foreign country, I was on the Autobahn. So it was pretty exciting and a little bit terrifying at the same time. <laughs> I'm sure Linda would be able to relate to that. I think it was her first time driving a, uh, a vehicle with the steering wheel on the, uh, the left-hand side was driving on the Autobahns in Germany. Wow. So <laughs> it, It's a thrill, though. <laughs> Smooth. Now, I know you had some, uh, some problems with the paperwork for the car. Is that all sorted out now? It's halfway sorted out. Sherry can take this one. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, we have uh, the best thing we did is we went in person to the DVLA in London to try to talk to them. And it actually went much better than we thought it was going to. We walked away from there with a temporary V5, which is like a temporary title to our car. Um, so we have that with us that we can show the officials or whatever. And then uh, we also signed up and paid a little bit extra money, of course, for the real uh, title to be sent to us. So it's going to be finished hopefully in a couple weeks, sent back to our contact in London, and then he's going to FedEx it out to us wherever we're on the road. So we should have all the official paperwork. And I hope that the temporary stuff will get us through as long as none of the border guards really understand what the word temporary is. (laughs) (laughs) It did actually... 
it's its first test. Yeah. Just uh, just the other day, just as we were we were right on the on the Czech Republic border there in Germany, and we got pulled over by the police. Uh, you were the first team on the rally to be pulled over. <laughs> For sure. And our paperwork did pass the test there, so I think it was more of a curiosity pullover than anything. Yeah, but we did get the all go-ahead. They looked at our paperwork and gave it back and said, you're free to go. So we made it through one one obstacle so far. (laughs) Well, first team to get pulled over, I mean, that's got to be something, as long as you're not the first team to get a speeding ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? We might have one already. There's enough of the photo radar here. Yeah. Rick has a bit of a lead foot. (laughs) <laughs> the car doesn't go that fast, though, so... No, if you, if, you, okay. if you don't call 90, 95 miles an hour fast, okay. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, it's okay. Smooth. Now, you mentioned the uh, the Festival of Slow, which kicked everything off. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Well, uh, all of the cars meet out at Goodwood Stadium. It's about two hours outside of, Lon- out of London, and... Um, this is a really famous F1 racetrack where uh, just a couple weeks earlier they do the Festival of Speed. Well, the Mongol Rally is all about comic cars and inappropriate vehicles. So we get to do one lap around the racetrack, all of us doing it very slow. I think we never reached over 20 kilometers an hour. So. And there was a pace car, too. Yeah, we even had a pace car. <laughs> that had to stop and wait for all of us. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was perfect. Never seen before on any F1 racetrack. <laughs> Yeah. Very cool, very cool. So it's onwards now to Budapest and um, another month to go until you hit Mongolia. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's a bit sobering, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, time's flying already. We're almost a week into it now. And I will say that we had one social media syndicate casualty, and that was my iPhone. <laughs> so we actually had yeah. to make a stop in Frankfurt and try to get it revived, but they couldn't revive it. So I am now the proud owner of a new droid. <laughs> and we're back. Going over on the dark Twitter. side. I don't know. <laughs> awesome, everyone. Well, good luck for the coming weeks, and hopefully we'll speak to you again from an even stranger town. Um, go and enjoy Prague. Thanks a lot, Craig. Thanks, Craig.